Welcome to The Hoodoo Factory, a game show and discussion podcast about the 90s NBC sitcom classic, News Radio. We will be drafting News Radio episodes into units with a common theme. In part A of the podcast, we will host a game show based on our drafted episodes. The contestants will compete for ABSA points in hopes of being declared the ABSA winner. In part B of the podcast, we will discuss the episode in greater detail. We are three dorks who prefer the term news radiologists who decided to use Twitter and podcasting for good instead of pure evil. Welcome back to the Hoodoo Factory Holiday Party. We hope you enjoyed Part A, where we cover the usual episode categories, and now we are back for Part B, where we kick off our boots and let the tinsel fly. I am Thaddeus, and I am here with Tom and Lauren, and we are discussing Xmas Story at the Hoodoo Factory Holiday Party. Uh, the Marty Holiday Party is going to be our Hoodoo Factory version of a buy or sell statement game called Christmas or Krampus. Is it Christmas or Krampus? Uh, for this game, I'm going to give a statement uh, that my co-hosts are going to choose as either good, like Christmas, or bad, like Krampus. Um, and we're just going to shoot through and talk about both sides of the issue, not competitively. Spirit of giving good answers. So uh, I think, Tom, we're going to go first here, uh, and I'm going to give you the statement. Junior and Lorenzo are bad security guards. Is this Christmas or Krampus? I feel like this is definitely Christmas. Uh, they don't okay. take seriously a credible threat from one of the employees that that is in their charge to uh, protect. Um, so I feel like that is the recipe. Like, that's what they're there for. And uh, not just to get chippy chips. So. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Very nice. <laughs> All right, Lauren, can you tell me why uh, this is a Krampus statement? This is Krampus. I think they're actually good security guards. Um, I think they're keenly observant because they you figure they probably only get to know Bill a couple minutes at a time. Right. Um, but they have already fully grasped that he's usually full of crap. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Not to be taken seriously. And yet they do try to take him seriously when he first reports the threat. You know, like you could see Lorenzo's face. He's like, where? Which guy? Right, you know, like right. he, he is on it. True. And then as soon as Bill is doing that, like this, this Santa Claus guy <laughs> with like the kind of trying to point at him with his eyebrows or something. He's then all of a sudden he's like, oh, OK, I know what's going on here. Um, so upon learning that the threat is from Santa Claus, they assume, as anyone would, that Bill is delusional. Okay, I think uh, I think that is a great counter to, to Tom's point. Um, and what I my theory is that Junior Lorenzo are good security guards that just mess with Bill. <laughs> I don't think like again, Jimmy likes them enough that he's giving them dap on the way out of the building. Like he knows he got them hats, you know, like he got them hats. <laughs> You know, so it's like either he really likes incompetent security guards and I'm like, I don't know about that. Like, like I still think they're a level above Matthew. <laughs> security, <laughs> Matthew security guard. You know, so I think it's actually that they, they just like screwing with Bill. I, I really feel like that's that. Like, they're actually really good. But whenever Bill's involved, they're just going to 100% mess with them the whole time. And nobody else cares. Like, no one gets mad at them. They don't get yelled at. Like, they do that. 
So, um, I, so that's I, my working theory. Go ahead, Tom. I don't know that uh, being a level above Matthew is quite the superlative that you think it is. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like it's enough to not get them fired as security guards. Right. <laughs> you know, like I don't think you can keep Matthew on as a security guard. So, um, so yeah. So, uh, Lauren, what would your argument have been in the other direction if you if you were going to say that they were good security? I was going to say that someone is actually making threats against Bill 10 feet from their guard (laughs) station, and they did nothing about it. In fact, they made jokes about it. So, yeah, it's happening right in front of them, and they're not doing anything to stop it. Doesn't even get a denial from the Santa. Ho, ho, ho. He's not even like, what's this guy talking about? It means nothing. He just just laughs it off. They're like, ah. Um, all right, Tom, did you have a counter argument uh, to argue that they were good security guards? Uh, it, you've made it. That They're basically okay. just messing with Bill. Yeah. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just think it's funnier that way, I guess. That's that's probably oh, yeah. that's my theory. Um, okay, Lauren, uh, next statement. Getting the rights to Fibber McGee and Molly is a better gift than a Mazda Miata. Is this Christmas or Krampus? I think this is Christmas. Okay. In the world of a news radio fan. Okay. I think I think to a news radio fan, the rights to Fibberbingy and Molly would be priceless. Whereas the Miata a Miata is just a Miata. You know, they're everywhere. <laughs> but this is the one and only Fibber McGee and Molly. <laughs> okay. Alright. Tom, why is this statement? Krampus. Tell me why uh, the Mazda Miata is a better gift than Fibber McGee and Molly Wrights. Uh, the Mazda Miata is much more practical. You can use it to get around. Um, the Fibber McGee and Molly Wrights, what are you going to do with them? It, like Fibber McGee and Pepsi? You think Pepsi's going to sign up with Fibber McGee? <laughs> what? Nobody knows what that is anymore. That is, it's, it's, it's like 35 years past its prime. Most of the people that listen to that show are either dead or almost dead. So, like, no, that's not a good good gift <laughs> okay all right um i think i was leaning a little bit towards the the rights are better because where are you going to drive a miata in new york city you know it's like a sports car like if you really want to open it up you got to get out of the city the major it's, deacon it's expressway it's, it's good for parking but man it's, it's definitely not good for driving around new york you know like i'd rather have a tank than a miata um <laughs> So, so yeah, I think you can maybe make some money off the rights for McGee and Molly. You just never know. Um, and the Miata is just real tough because of the location. Because of being in New York and everything that comes with it. Um, Lauren, what was your counter going to be? Um, I, I think at the very least you could probably sell a Miata and get some cash. And get right. something you actually wanted. Like, to me, a Miata is not practical. Maybe that's just because I'm, I'm a mom. I can't fit car seats in the back right. of that thing. Uh, but you could sell it and get something else. I'm not sure of the actual economic value of the rights to Fibber McGee and Molly. It's more of a, it, it, it's a, it's a sentimental value. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. And like, you know, I, I think, it, I think that uh, if Beth, like, do we believe that Beth keeps the Miata or do we think that she sells the Miata? <laughs> or gambles it away. Oh, you know, oh, I think she sells, sells it, it yeah, for cash. For sure. Yeah, yeah. Right, she <laughs> maybe so drives, it, drives it, it twice, and then yeah, yeah, it's gone. Yeah, hopefully doesn't get into an accident with it. Right. Gets it. All right. Uh, so Tom, what was your counter going to be? How are you going to argue the other way? Um. Yeah. The 
that the the rights are eternal. They last forever. Like that car is not going to yeah. last. Something like that. You know that. Yeah. Um, this was definitely the easier way for me to to argue. <laughs> I think. Yeah. I, you know. I think in today's in today's day and age, uh, the rights are definitely a little bit more important because everything is getting you know a look in terms of being able to develop and spin off and right. <laughs> figure any any type of name recognition gives you at least a chance of having something be developed. Uh, but in the '90s, yeah, those rights were pretty much useless. I, I do not do not think that Pepsi was going to show up uh, and start off their Fibber McGee and Pepsi. I don't think that Shasta Cola <laughs> was going to come calling either. You know, I mean, yeah. like even the lower <laughs> tier sodas were not going. I hear even the Fanta people were going to stay away. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so let's go on to the third statement we have here: the Santa that stalks Bill has no prior connection to him. Um, and I think Tom is up first on this one. I am going to say that is Krampus. Uh, I believe okay. the stalker must have some sort of connection to him in order to uh, so aggressively go after and eventually um, attempt to, to kill Bill. Um, there, there must have been some slight, I perceived or otherwise, um, that, that Bill caused to this man without knowing it, probably. Um, probably. And that that's why he's he's decided to kill him. Okay, so you say that this is Krampus, bad statement. Lauren, why is this a Christmas statement? And why is it true that the Santa has no prior connection to Bill? Um, so this is true because he, he certainly could just be some random wacko who, who heard Bill's voice on the radio and decided he must die. Um, but maybe he really is a communications major trying to break into the business, and he figures if he kills Bill, that will create a job opening. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I forgot. We, we can't get too dark with some of these prompts. <laughs> Um, <laughs> um, which is true. This is all true. I think to me, to me, I've seen like, if the Santa has a prior connection, how is that not something that gets brought up? Like, if you're going to go to that length, you've got to, there's something to be like, remember when you did this or does the name this or that? Like, I don't know how, how you are so vicious to somebody without there being a, a personal connection, but I don't know if it's that personal going to drive you that far, how you don't mention it in the tape or you know in the note or in the bathroom or something right. like that so um i think that one can kind of go either way i was not expecting a job opportunity <laughs> <laughs> that was that was unforeseen by the judges so um, it's a different spin on create your own job right <laughs> <laughs> all right do we want to go over any of the counters kind of feel like this one's a little more cut and dry than yeah yeah i mean mine was basically going to be the same right. as yeah. tom's art argument for krampus yeah he's bill's a narcissist he wouldn't even know if he yeah if he messed with this guy somehow mine was going to be the <laughs> this guy was just crazy and and that happens you know like john Lennon yeah. didn't do anything to mark mark david chapman um but, right you know <laughs> right yeah maybe bill slighted somebody on the air and that was all it took you know Maybe he's a relative of Joe Vigilante. (laughs) (laughs) More after this. (laughs) Okay, let's move on to statement number four. So, Lauren, Jimmy James is the worst gift giver of the main characters. Is that Christmas or Krampus? Um, I'm going to go Christmas. Okay. 
The guy has $7 billion and he can't figure out a decent gift to give these people. I think he could have given them all cash or a gift card and they would have been happier than they were with the hats. And he just can't get, he can't get his head around what makes a good gift. And then he overcorrects the other direction and still ends up with people with hurt feelings. Like he cannot get it right. True. (laughs) Very true. Yeah. He's definitely on both ends of the spectrum. He's just nowhere near the middle. Yeah. Okay. So Tom, tell me why this statement is Krampus. Why is he not the worst of the gift givers on staff, of the main characters? Um, well, I, I have to argue this. So I'm going to say that Beth is the worst of the gift givers because she just does not oh. understand the whole spirit of the thing, um, <laughs> as, as, as evidenced by her comment to Lisa. Like, so I'm not getting a real gift where she's right. getting the financial uh, you know, value of not having to pay for Jimmy's gift. So... That's my argument. I really feel the other way, but <laughs> that... <laughs> <laughs> the hand that you're dealt, Tom. The hand yeah, that you're dealt. That's right. Um, yeah, to me, I looked at it, it as like Jimmy Jimmy. It's just impersonal, you know. Like the hats, even though they have the names, there's no thought behind the no. actual gift itself. No. It's just something's personal. Uh, and then the cars are absolutely. <laughs> was like that. Oh, that matches your hair. That's your favorite color. I just got impatient. Everybody just run to one. Just go pick one. You know, like, like those cars are not in any way a personal gift. They are impersonal. They're just expensive, you know. Um, so I, I kind of lean towards that he is the worst gift giver on this one. Um, if I was going to say he was not the worst gift giver, I, I think I'd probably lean into the fact that he's a boss who got them gifts at all. And the fact that, to him, a car is about the same as a hat. To him, there's no <laughs> Hats, cars, it's all whatever, man. It's all whatever. <laughs> Well, here's so, what was your counter, Tom? Here's the other part of the why why he's so bad. At giving, if you flash forward to the next season, he's got Matthew picking out gifts for everybody. He he recognizes how bad yeah. he is and has has an expert come in to do it for him. <laughs> he calls in a ringer for his right. gifts, and everybody loves it. So obviously, you're right. Like he self corrects. <laughs> Um, did you have any other uh, counter, you know, the opposite, <laughs> are you the opposite side of time that you wanted to throw in there? Uh, no, that was it. Okay. Lauren? Oddly enough, I, my counter was also that Beth is probably the worst gift giver, <laughs> but it, you know, partly because I don't think she spends a whole lot of time thinking about like, you know, the personal right. nature of a gift and she's flat broke all the time. So anything you're going to get is going to be some handmade hokey kind of thing. So, which is okay, but if you got handmade hokey and no thought put into it, that's that's yeah. going to be the worst. <laughs> you know, I, I think it's interesting. Like, like Joe or Matthew, right. what kind of gift givers are they? <laughs> you know, like in terms of like if we we're going to put it up against Beth as the obvious choice for the bad one, like Matthew picks weird gifts. But are they mm-hmm. good gifts? Like, if you're on his level, are you going to appreciate whatever he gives you? 50 pounds of peanut butter? Are you kidding me? You wouldn't want that? Like, just, just like, for the sheer size Joe, of it. What do you think Joe is giving out for gifts? Tin foil hats. <laughs> Free cable. Alien autopsy tapes. Alien yeah. autopsy blooper tapes. That's what I mean. Yeah. Like, Beth might actually find just kind of random stuff to give that would actually be better than whatever Joe gives out. I'm just putting it out there as a possibility. Uh, all right so let's move on to our last statement which i believe is going to go right there tom um so is it christmas or krampus 
that Lisa asked for more money from Bill than the other staff members for Mr. James's present. Christmas or Krampus? I'm going to say this is Krampus. I don't believe that she oh. did. I think okay. she asked for the same amount, but Bill is just very put out that he has to give anything for a gift. Um, True. So True. that it's just it's just a Bill thing. Like maybe she would she would ask for more and expect to get less, but I I think she that she would ask for the same from everybody. Okay, uh, Lauren, what do you think? Um, okay, so going with Christmas. Um, I, I honestly hadn't considered it before you posed the question, but now, yes, I 100% believe Lisa asked Bill for more money, and I bet in her head she calculated the cost of the gift and then took everyone's salary and then, like, proportionally figured out, like, how much as a percentage should everyone give uh, she towards this gift. She made a spreadsheet? Uh, probably, <laughs> and because we head. know Bill makes yeah. a, an a, a, absorbent amount of money, then he owed the most, so she asked him for the most. <laughs> Okay, that's actually an <laughs> overly logical answer to that question, <laughs> I think. Um, There's a little Lisa Miller going on up in yeah. here. <laughs> I think, I think when, when she tells Beth that she'll cover it, I'm like, would she really ask Beth to kick in the same <laughs> amount as Bill? And right. then knowing that Bill's going to be a pain in the ass... Like, isn't mm-hmm. this the perfect opportunity to get an extra 25 bucks out of him or, you know, whatever the case may be? Um, so, I, you know, I think I could kind of go either way on this. Like, I can definitely see her just, you know, being super fair and just be like, no, it's going to be 75 to everybody, you know. But I can also see her being like, well, I'm not asking, you know, Joe or Beth for the same amount as Bill. <laughs> and Bill's a pain mm-hmm. in the ass, so we're going to just, <laughs> we're going to upcharge him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, all right, did anybody want to go over their counters? My counter was just that um, I don't think she would want to deal with the headache of arguing with Bill if he found out he was charged more than everyone else. That's a good point, yeah. Like that. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't think he would find out, but yeah, you're right. Like, maybe the fear of it would be enough to. to She might be like, nah, it's not worth it. Yeah. All right, Tom, did you have a, a counter for that? No, I think we covered it. Okay. All right, well, that was our Christmas or Krampus Marty Holiday Party Game. So, great job, everyone. Now, to finish out this Hoodoo Factory Holiday Party, we're going to go over some holiday-focused questions about the episode. All right, so this is all about the holiday aspect. Um, And we're going to start off with, what was the best Christmas spirit moment of the episode? Uh, Lauren, I believe it's your turn to go here. So, what did you have down... For uh, of X Men story, what did you think was the best Christmas spirit moment? I'm gonna go with Bill pulling the demo tape out of the trash. Uh, that seems to be the point when the Grinch's heart grew bigger. <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> Against everything in his normal personality, Bill was moved by what Sam Belford had to say enough to listen to the tape, and he actually did listen to it too. It wasn't just yeah. like he pulled it out of the trash and and forgot about it five minutes later. You know. It, it stuck with him for a minute. Wow, that's a great answer. <laughs> like, I think it's a good thing we're not judging it because I'm like, well, I don't know if we can talk that answer. <laughs> um, no, that that is a great answer. That is emotionally impactful. To see him go from slicking mm-hmm. the hair down the sides to, building, <laughs> to pulling the tape out and, and actually putting it in the right hole. Um, Tom, <laughs> what did you think? Or what was a, a, one of your best Christmas spirit moments from the episode? I have to agree that that was the best one. That was what I had. But uh, yeah. the second best is Dave offering to give the Miata to Matthew 
in the mm. spirit of Christmas. I think that's like the other real one. <laughs> it's, I don't, like I, I, I love it, but I'm also like, is it really the spirit of Christmas? Like, is he really just scared of, of having to deal with everything else and it's the right thing to do? Um, but the fact that he makes the offer at all is definitely right. That's a, that's a big offer. Like mm-hmm. mm, nobody else offered their cars. I don't know if I would offer my car. Like <laughs> I'm proud of him no matter what. Um, all right. So, uh, so what I thought one of the best Christmas spirit moments of the episode was actually how excited everyone was to open up their gifts before they found out there were hats. <laughs> um, but it's it, you know what I mean it's like they were really excited like Mr. James was excited they were really excited like they thought it was something really personal or something really you know <laughs> something really big and Mr. James it was personal to him um, but that moment before they opened up the hats like that's kind of a Christmassy moment to me you know where there's that anticipation he's anticipating how much they're going to love the, the gifts that he gives mm-hmm. and like they see him excited so they get excited so I'm like ah which you know, <laughs> just ups the level of comedy <laughs> yeah. ups the alright Lauren did you have another moment that you wanted to mention um, yeah one other um, I, I'm going to go with Junior and Lorenzo's appreciation of Jimmy's hats <laughs> I think they genuinely liked the gift and okay. were thankful for it and they didn't care what it cost or even how much thought went into it. I think they were just touched that he thought of them at all. Absolutely. You yeah. know? I, I can agree and, with that. and that's really what it's about. Yeah. Above average hats, <laughs> sir. Yeah. Like, why would the billionaire know your names, the security guards? Right. Like, the fact that he yeah. got him the hat is, is the bigger gift than what it was. <laughs> was it chippy chips? That's right. <laughs> all right, Tom, was there another uh, best Christmas spirit moment that you wanted to mention? Um, I guess Lisa telling Beth, like, you know, that you don't have to pay for, yep. for your share yeah. of the shirt. <laughs> Ruined by Beth. <laughs> exactly. Immediately <laughs> undone. Okay. So those are all the ones that I had written down, all the ones that I noticed as well. So, um, you know, those, there are some heartwarming Christmassy type moments in this episode <laughs> amidst all the comedy. So our next category is going to be what's the biggest humbug or opposite of Christmas spirit moment in the episode? Um, Lauren, what was something that you thought was kind of like, you know, the wrong message about Christmas that was in this episode? Uh, Bill telling Dave to ask Jimmy for a blue car so he can give the freak his old one. <laughs> Everything about that line was against the spirit of Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely on my list. It's like, oh no. <laughs> okay. Tom, what was one of your uh, biggest kind of opposite of Christmas spirit moments? Uh, the whole idea of going back to Jimmy and asking for better presents is kind of anti. Oh, so even Dave doing it. D- Dave doing it, yes. Oh. I, th- I think that was. Yeah, as bad as the like, sometimes you just get bad presents, and you just have to live with that. <laughs> well, did he ask for better presents, or is he just making Jimmy James aware, aware? that the staff was not pleased? Yeah, you know, I guess like, so. like I agree with you. I think going back is definitely in, in bad form if you're trying to get something else, right? But I think he was kind of like, uh, "We have a problem here, sir." Right? Uh, like, <laughs> look, you need to know that there's an issue. Yeah, you might be. But, yeah, um, you might be right. That's more probably more that. He's not expecting to get cars. 
<laughs> so uncomfortable, you know. Right. Like that's I think that's the thing of why it's like he's so uncomfortable about it, and he tries so hard with the staff. Like it's the thought that counts. Since so we're like, nah, screw it. These are bad games. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I actually that was a good one. Like that, that was on my list as well. Um. I actually really like Lisa jumping up and down and going mine, 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 mine. Like, literally <laughs> jumping up and down until she got told which car was hers. You know, I'm like, there's an aspect of Christmas excitement, yes, but saying mine, mine, mine to somebody who's giving out something uh, as extravagant as a car is not Christmas mm-hmm. to me. No. Not something there. <laughs> okay, uh, Lauren, did you have another bah humbug um, or opposite moment? I mean, I think Santa Claus trying to murder Bill McNeil is pretty humbug. (laughs) Not really in the Christmas spirit. (laughs) What? He's delivering the business end of a candy cane. (laughs) As festive as the murder would have been. (laughs) Not really in the Christmas spirit. (laughs) If I was going to rank, like, you know... Well, basically, I'm going like, remember when clowns were super scary? When that was like a big thing, how scary clowns were? When? Like now? (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Stephen King. I guess guess I'll say, like, when they made memes about it is, I guess, back when I was talking about, you know, like a year ago. (laughs) Okay. Um, Okay. I'm like, how far behind is Santa? Like, if we're taking things that are supposed to be joyful and turning them into scary properties, like. Does that violent night movie come yeah, out this right, year? Right. You know, like, I really had to ask, like, is this a real movie or is this commercial a joke? I don't I really can't tell. I had to watch it from I, I have lost sure the plot. This is real. Yeah. I think it yeah. is. But I had to ask. I had to ask. Um Tom, did you have another opposite of Christmas spirit moment to mention, or do we get all the ones? Um well I would say that Matthew's um Matthew's uh, like passive aggressive with Jimmy. That's yeah. you know about the yeah, gift. Yeah. However, I will say that Jimmy did not clearly explain when he gave the no. gift to Matthew. It's just like, oh, here's tape. He could have very easily said, "You now have the rights." Like, how is Matthew supposed to know that? So, uh, another yeah. point against Jimmy on the gift giving. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, it's like uh, Matthew's not rich, so maybe that's how rich people kind of just talk. Right. Like, oh yeah, here's I gave you. Did you have all the right. rights. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's not very Christmassy to be like if anybody knew that, they paid attention. It <laughs> um, just right be just very kind of snotty at that. That's that is not Christmas. No. Um, yeah. The only thing I just to reiterate the whole Beth does that mean I don't get a real present? Right. The, like that moment right there, mm-hmm. which we already mentioned. Uh, okay, anything else on anyone's lists? No, sir. No. All right, moving right along. What was the most adequate holiday touch or background catch? Um, Lauren. So I liked the way the desk decorations in the office mm. looked like every person individually decorated their own desk space. Oh. Like each desk sort of had its own theme going on, but they didn't match each other. Like so, mm, like people okay. brought in their own stuff mm. to decorate. Like Matthews had this like whole Santa theme going. Like he had Santa lights and a Santa hat and all the same. And then Catherine had like poinsettias and a big red Christmas banner. Like 
and I feel like that's what happens in real offices, right? Like yeah. it's not like some decorating committee comes in and is like, we're going to decorate everyone's desks. Right. No, right. like everyone does their own little space. And um, I thought that was what it ended up looking like. And I thought that was a nice touch. Yeah, that's a really good point because like there was something I don't almost want to say like disjointed looking about the the celebrations, but like individualized is probably a better word to to use for that. That's a really mm-hmm. good point because there's something like there's something off about this. <laughs> I haven't worked in very many offices, so I was not keen to uh, to spotting the individual type. Of I worked in too many. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, Tom. What was a adequate holiday touch that you found in this episode well i really like the the light up santas that matthew had on his desk i like that that Mm. they were just hanging like around the front and on the side um but the uh the wreath out in the hallway i thought was really nice you could you could see it in a lot of shots and um it was just a real nice big wreath and it looked festive it was uh tasteful and you know i enjoyed that all right. How big was the reef, like dimension-wise? Yep. Um, it was probably about three feet across, at least. Like, yeah, yeah, big one. It was a big one. Yeah. Nice. Um, I really liked Mr. James's tie. Yeah. <laughs> as far as it yeah. goes, you know, like good. you know, we put on that. I'm giving out gifts today. Holiday tie. You know, and, mm-hmm. it, just, and it looked kind of sharp. Like it's something that you noticed, but you also had to look a little bit closer at because it mm-hmm. worked well. So I thought that was a really nice little holiday touch for the episode. <laughs> nice tie. Yeah, nice tie. <laughs> all right. Lauren, do you have uh, anything else that you caught? Um, I liked all the holiday decorations in the lobby. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Because okay. that that also, like so like, whereas the decorations in the bullpen looked like they were brought in by the staff and each done individually, when you work in a big office building like that, usually the lobby decorations are... Um, a little more professional and someone someone had a budget for this and they brought in some company yeah. that did it for you or whatever right. and they looked really nice yeah. but in particular i liked the red tinsel wrapped around the stand for the coin collection Ooh, pot. Yeah. it just kind of spirals up the stand mm-hmm. it was nothing too special compared to like the giant tree and all that they had going on in the lobby but i yeah. just thought it was a nice touch you yeah. know maybe something uh, <laughs> sam belford added himself very <laughs> adequate very adequate <laughs> Nice. Tom, uh, what else was on your list for a holiday background catch or touch? Uh, well, the uh, poinsettias in the um, lobby by the elevator were, was a nice touch. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah, I would say that the large-scale uh, decorating was really well done. You know, like, yeah. you know, the office has got wreath or whatever, some sort of, some sort of uh, decoration pretty much everywhere across it and um, definitely had a holiday feel all the way through. Didn't right. didn't feel like they just threw a couple candy canes up and called it Christmas. Right. Yeah. Um, so what I actually really liked was the fact that they had money and coins in the in the collection pot. You know, because I kind of feel like a lot of shows they never show you the pot. It's really about some sort of one interaction. But the fact that they had them giving money and then Matthew actually slipping on the coins once it gets spilled over. Uh, I thought that was like a really, really nice touch and a really good way to actually make that Santa Claus feel like he was a real character in that building at the holidays. Right. You know, like he's mm-hmm. he's not just some weirdo ringing a bell. Like, no, there's actual real money in that pot. He's actually really, you know, really doing a job. Like, does he actually work for uh, the Salvation Army or any type of mm-hmm. right, charity right. case? Like, yeah. is he just making money for himself while he stocks <laughs> Bill McNeil? <laughs> 
<laughs> who knows? I don't know. Who knows? You know? But the fact that we see him get actually money is like, I was like, I'm like, nice touch. Like, way to use him in his environment as part of your, your comedy, as part of your jokes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that is nice. Good. All right, so we ready to move on? Next one? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, next category. Which character showed the most holiday or Christmas spirit in the episode? Tom, which character do you think showed the most holiday Christmas spirit in the episode? Uh, I think it's Lisa um, because she actually gives the most thoughtful gift. I, I, she organizes that okay. whole thing. Yep. I imagine it's her idea um, to get that shirt. <laughs> yeah, probably. That she, gets, she gets it framed and it knows it's going to be nice for Mr. James. Um, so that's why I would say Lisa. All right, that's a good answer. I didn't really think about Lisa, but yeah, she really, like, finding that shirt and getting it framed is not like a one-stop shop, especially in the, mm-hmm. in the 1990s, you know? like No real... She had to go find that shirt in an actual store and yeah. probably have somebody other than the store owner put it behind the glass and, and make it look nice. Right. <laughs> so nice that it took him a while to get the thing out of the glass. <laughs> <laughs> a professional job for sure. Um, Lauren, who do you think, which character showed the, the most holiday or Christmas spirit? I think Jimmy, because okay. I think he really did try. I think he's bad at gift giving, um, but I think he really tried as best he could. So he, he showed appreciation for the gift that he received even before he understood the meaning behind it. Mm. And I believe he really did try to give the staff thoughtful gifts. He thought he nailed it. Right. Um, he's <laughs> just bad at it. <laughs> and then, and then when it was brought to his attention that they, they weren't happy with the gifts they had received, he did continue to try to make it right. Right. Still kind of screwed that up, but he tried, he made effort the whole time. Right. <laughs> Screw that. Who wants to go ride my car? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, that's a good answer with with Jimmy as well. Um, I actually lean for Dave. Um, And maybe it's more his dedication to the the Christmas spirit. You know, constantly reminding everybody that it's the thought that counts even in the face of crappy gifts. (laughs) Sure thing, Dan. <laughs> this concludes the only enjoyment we'll get out of his ass. Um, you know, he, he really he really did try to put on the brave face and, and you know, to the point he actually said something to Jimmy James about it. He constantly had to kind of bring up how awkward it was so that Matthew was happy, offered his car up to Matthew. Um, mm-hmm. So maybe he was the most dedicated to the Christmas spirit rather than actually having it. But um, I thought I thought Dave was... It was right up there. Yeah, he's he's kind of the Bob Cratchit yeah. of this episode with to Matthew's yeah. tiny Tim. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <Miata's> everyone. <laughs> um, all right, do any other characters we think uh, deserve a mention here for showing holiday spirit? Mm. I mentioned Catherine. Yeah. yeah. Again, you know, she has some empathy, and then she gets distracted by her shiny new car. Yeah, yeah. Maybe Junior. Yeah. yeah, appreciating the hat. I love average hats, sir. Just want to make sure I say that about ten more times yeah, in this it's, podcast. It's really hard not to. I've already wanted to say it several more times. And I'm like, you can't, you can't kill it yet. We're gonna use it in the real world. I'm like, I wish I could just start greeting people that way. Well, above average hat, sir. Just start answering you your, your it. phone with that. Yeah, yeah. above average hat. That's you can't me. even see that. <laughs> Oh, I love it. Say different ways. Yeah, above average hat. <laughs> All, right. All right. See you later. 
said my hat was not above average. <laughs> this is the worst Christmas ever. <laughs> All right, so moving on to the next category, we are going to go with which character showed the least holiday or Christmas spirit? Um, Tom, which one showed the least holiday or Christmas spirit? Uh, I'm going to have to go with Sam Belford. Uh, because the holiday spirit doesn't normally include trying to kill someone that's fair he gave him a gift but i suppose that's fair Uh, the only time that it's it's allowed is in die hard john mcclain's gets a pass but every everybody else no well you know i i think it depends on if he donates all that money to an actual charity for the holidays or if he keeps it he's like that's a lot of money in that pot he's doing some real good out there What's one threat? <laughs> it's not just a threat. <laughs> Terrible. Yeah. That's not a very holiday spirit. No. <laughs> right there. Um, Lauren, which character did you think showed the least holiday Christmas spirit? Um, I think Bill. Okay. Bill showed the least interest and enthusiasm in giving Jimmy his gift. He was oh. the most vocal about the hat sucking. <laughs> Uh, he was not even really grateful about give, being given a car. You know, he decided he wanted a blue one instead. Um, and he wanted to have Santa Claus arrested. I mean, come on. <laughs> That's very damning at the end there. That is very tough. <laughs> you bother the cat, man. <laughs> um, all right. So my answer is actually Joe. Um, because realistically, I don't think Joe does anything in the episode that is remotely <laughs> like thinking about anybody else or himself. It's a total ripoff or like this is outrageous or something like that when he gets the hat. <laughs> then he discovers that the patch was off. <laughs> um, and then he gets the car, which he's very interested in just having his car. And like, I can't think of one Christmassy thing that he did in the entire episode. You know, Catherine was empathetic. You know, Matthew was all over the place. Beth, obviously, even Beth had a little, little holiday outfitty type mm-hmm. type thing going on. So, um, yeah, I, I think it was Joe. Joe was just showing up like it's every other day, just riding the moments. <laughs> all right. Any uh, any other characters we should mention for not showing enough holiday spirit? No, my my only other one was. Santa Claus literally tried to murder Bill. <laughs> that is not Christmas. That is Krampus. <laughs> Bad Santa. <laughs> All right, so we called out the perpetrators. Um, what aspect of this episode did you relate to the most, Lauren? Which aspect of this episode did you relate to the most? The difficulty of trying to think of thoughtful gifts for your coworkers. Oh. Like, the extent to which I know my coworkers varies greatly. Like, Mm. I would be in the same situation as Jimmy. There's one or two people I'd be able to come up with a really thoughtful personal gift, and everyone else is like, gift card? (laughs) Uh, Pencils. I don't know. It's hard. It's yeah. hard. You don't. This is not your family. These are not people you've known your whole life. You know. Yeah. Some some people you have a lot of conversations with. Sometimes you just pass them by the at the copier and that's it. You know. So it's it's tough. See, it can be a tough situation. I don't know. See, I don't know what it's like on the left coast because out here, Dunkin' Donuts gift cards are a lifesaver. Like it's cold <laughs> out here, and anybody could use a nice warm drink, maybe nice little crawler or something like that. So uh, on the East Coast. That's good money, but if I, if I couldn't give Dunkin' Donuts gift cards, 
<laughs> I don't even know what the point is. <laughs> Here's some erasers. Happy accounting. <laughs> All right, Tom. Uh, what aspect of the episode did you relate the most to? Um, that when the staff gets the hats and in front of Jimmy has to put them on and be like act grateful for them, you know, like not yeah, not yeah. try to show their disappointment till he leaves. That yeah. I definitely relate to having gotten. You know, we've all gotten <laughs> crappy gifts, right? And it's just like, oh, yeah, okay, thank you. Oh, that's great. You know, and it's just like, yeah, you try to be nice about it, gracious, but it's still like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Like, we've all had to put on the brave face, like the underwear, the socks. <laughs> when we clearly wanted something much, much cooler. Right. Um, and you got to, you know, now I'm just thinking of the Christmas story where Ralphie's got to put on the suit. The, 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 the pajamas? <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> Okay, um, so I actually related to the aspect of I was like more like Matthew of like realizing that your friends guy got, got cooler gifts than you did. <laughs> you know, it's like what you got was actually fine, and then it's like you know, like I got like a football. All my friends got like Nintendos. You know, I'm just like, oh, son of a, like I want Nintendo too. Like, they're talking about playing games. I don't have these games. Um, yeah, so there's an aspect of like not. I hate to say it, but I guess I related to the aspect of like not appreciating what I had because I was distracted by what everybody else had. Um, I I think that's relatable to people. I hope I'm not the only, only terrible person on Christmas. But did you um, did you ask your friends if they were gonna have to give their Nintendos back in a month <laughs> when, the, when the lease was up? I was already smarter than that. I was like, I already knew. <laughs> Nope. No one's coming to play at my house anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Were there any other aspects, anything about the episode that reminded you of Christmas or uh, holiday season? Anyone? Um, I think just trying to come up with a unique and thoughtful gift for someone who has everything. Yeah. Like, I don't. I don't know any billionaires. Don't get me wrong, but I think we all know that person who like. They just, they have everything they need or, or they've got, they're always complaining they've got too much stuff or whatever. And, and like, yeah. you're like, well, I don't want to give them more stuff. Like what do, how do I give them something that they actually yeah. want? Like that's a, that's tough. Yeah. <laughs> I think putting on a brave face, I think is probably what my father did for several years of very suspect <laughs> gifts. Like, oh, another coffee mug. Thanks. Keychain and Boy Scouts. Like, <laughs> No, I didn't really like Boy Scouts, so maybe that was a little passive aggressive. But, <laughs> but either way, he had this stick of wood with a, with like a loop through it. <laughs> you know? He put on that brave face. Let me tell you, <laughs> he did not let me know that it was crap. Above average keychain, son. <laughs> Until years later. <laughs> Okay, we're uh, we're almost at the end of our holiday party episode here, so I want to do a little catch off for the holiday uh, the holiday aspects of this episode. Anything that we didn't mention before related to the holiday or gift giving, um, and why don't we start with keepsakes? If there's any holiday keepsakes, because we didn't do that in the first round, um, were there things from this episode that you would take for the holiday section of your news radio display cave, uh, Tom? Uh, the the Santa's on Matthew's desk, I think, would be my my first pick. Okay. 
Very fast. Yeah. Lauren? Um, there's two little reindeer decorations on Dave's coffee table. Okay. They look like something maybe Dave's mom might have crafted herself and given to him as a gift. Oh. Um, so, so I really want those. They looked, they looked special. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, oddly enough, I like the Christmas tree that was on Dave's desk. There's something about oh, little mini nice. Christmas yeah. trees that light up that like mm-hmm. very portable, very yeah. practical, and like you know just that little Christmas. They're fun. There. Yeah, yeah, thought that'd be mm-hmm. nice. Um, any other objects, Tom? Anything else that you thought would be nice to uh, to pilfer in the spirit of Christmas? Uh, I I would definitely put that wreath on my door, the one that was in the hallway. Oh, okay. like, yeah, that, yeah. that's a that's cool. <laughs> it's quality <laughs> wreath. Yeah, above average wreath, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. Like, this is all holiday season. It's going to be that line or variations of that line. Like, it, we, just, we just locked it in. <laughs> all right, Lauren, were there any other uh, holiday keepsakes that you would... Uh... Um, I want Matthew's reindeer snowflake sweater. Oh, that was great. Yes. So, so great perfect sweater. for an ugly sweater party. Yeah. It's just, like, perfectly holiday-themed. I Yeah, it was great. Yeah. And you know what? Like, it was perfectly Matthew. It didn't stand yeah. out as an ugly yep. sweater. It was just no. something that Matthew would wear. Yeah. To oh, yeah. The yep, absolutely. No, <laughs> yeah, I would, I would grab Jimmy's tie. You know, again, like, nice. I did like it, but that's a nice Christmas tie to, to wear out there, so... Yeah, that's what we do. Yeah. All right, we will consider this episode pilfered. (laughs) Holiday and non-holiday. All right, so before we get to our final questions, we're going to open up our Ghosts of Internot Past segment with Lauren. Nicely done. (laughs) Woo! So this episode, as stated, didn't have any posts in the Usenet forum at that time. I searched around the internaut and was unable to find evidence of any other projects the cast members were appearing in at that time. I didn't find any notable TV appearances or interviews either. I did find, however, that December 19th, 1995 was the day Queen Elizabeth asked Prince Charles and Princess Diana to divorce. Mm. However, it's unclear whether or not that was related to the airing of this episode. Mm. (laughs) this day in history (laughs) the number one movie at the box office this week uh was jumanji featuring robin williams bonnie hunt and bb newerth best known as best friend sandy of course (laughs) that was her starring role right (laughs) uh the number one song in the u.s was one sweet day a collaboration by boys to men and mariah carey and some celebrities celebrating birthdays on this day were Alyssa milano turning 23 Mm -hmm. Jake Gyllenhaal turning 15, and Tom Turner celebrating 36 wonderful years. <laughs> 36. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, the, my math's a little off younger. there. But <laughs> also, uh, also the writer of this episode, Lou Morton. Same birthday. Oh, oh hey. wow. All right. Happy birthday, Happy birthday Lou. Lou Morton. <laughs> 36 wonderful years. <laughs> If you ever podcast my age again, I will beat you to death with your own microphone. (laughs) Well, this has been the Ghosts of Internaut Past. All right. Thank you, Lauren. We are on our final questions, uh, the tail end of our Hoodoo Factory holiday party. 
So we want to know about something on the fly. What added scenes would you uh, would you add on to this episode, Tom? What is an added scene that you would add on? Uh, the footage, like maybe found footage of Bill walking away from the wreck of his Miata, uh, <laughs> <laughs> brushing himself off. That's, that's... <laughs> Probably with the tape still in his hand. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like like the highway camera or something like that. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. That's like... uh, Lauren, what is a scene that you would like to add? Something on the fly. All right, this feels like cheating a little bit, but I'm going to do it because why not? All right. um, I'd like to mash up two episodes here. So the Fibber McGee and Molly stuff was great, but I think it would have been really great if everyone got a Miata except Matthew, and he got the little electric toy car. (laughs) (laughs) I think you could get a lot of jokes out of Matthew not comprehending that his toy car was not really the same thing (laughs) as the real cars the rest of the staff got. Also, in Beep Beep, it's established that Matthew doesn't have a driver's license, so that could have provided a very simple explanation in this episode mm. as to why he got a different gift for everyone else. Uh, very good. <laughs> that is good. Just curiosity, who is the worst driver on the staff, do you figure? <laughs> well, I mean, Matthew, well, for sure. Matthew? Matthew Beth? or Beth, yeah. How sure are we that Bill is a good driver? (laughs) He could be that jerk driver out there that's like causing accidents. Yeah, he's probably tailgating and that kind of thing. Yeah, you know, so I'm like, you know, outside of probably like Dave and and kind of Lisa, I just kind of figure it pays a lot of attention. But like outside of them, like I'm not convinced any of them Mm. are good drivers. I'm not convinced Jimmy is a good driver. Like, I don't know. Well, he gets in the sidecar, so who knows if he even drives. Yeah, I was thinking of the sidecar. You know, I would love if they all went go-karting for an episode. <laughs> you know, it's like some Mario, Mario Kart, Kart stuff, yeah. smashing into somebody, like spinning out. <laughs> Jimmy throwing bananas to people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> turtle shells. Yeah. Joe throws a turtle shell at somebody. The Gorelli 8000 turtle shell. Um... All right, so I, I thought of two added scenes, two things on the fly, but I think the first thing would be uh, seeing Jimmy try to get the shirt out of the frame before he puts it on. You know, having him try like eight different things, and then maybe Jane Lynch comes in and presses like a button and the thing opens up. You know, like, he pulls it off, and then he, he's putting it on, admiring it, you know, something like that. I thought that might be a little funny. Um, Tom, did you have a, a second no. added scene, second on the fly? Lauren? I got one. Okay. So I'd like to see the scene of Jim Jimmy trying to think of special personalized gifts for everyone. Mm. Like after he's been told that the hats are crap. So he's sitting at his desk with a pad of paper and a pen. And you're hearing like his internal monologue, like a voiceover. Yeah. And he remembers a conversation with Matthew about old timey radio shows. And he writes it down and he looks very proud of himself, like pats himself on the back. Yeah. Then he thinks of Beth and he's like, what do I know about Beth? Oh, she's got red hair. I know. A red sports car. <laughs> and he writes it down and he feels proud. And then his secretary walks in with a plate of cheese crackers and he just quickly writes down car, 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 and he takes the plate of cheese crackers. That might work verbally too. Like, uh, you got the red one, and Captain, of, ooh, crack, like, crack attack. Uh, just get a six pack. <laughs> get a six pack, call it good. Bring those crackers over here. Yeah. That's not bad. 
Yeah, I've got I've got half. It's kind of like half one of, of Jimmy James giving the hats to Lorenzo and Junior and seeing their reactions. Nice. You know, like I just feel like there's something funny about how that interaction would go. You know, him being all happy and proud, and then having these kind of like you're a security card, and a billionaire gives you a hat. You know, like, <laughs> I don't know. Like maybe they did like it because it is an above average hat, sir. But I don't know. Maybe you could send my kids to funny. college. You know, maybe put something with Bill and the Santa Claus in the background at the same time. You know, so it just kind of gives that, but um, a little extra. Yeah, going on kid. there. I thought that would be kind of funny. Just, I just, you know, again, more more Lorenzo and Junior. That's yeah. what we're always asking for. <laughs> Captain. <laughs> All right, so uh, getting to our final category for today: episode explained badly or headline. Lauren, what is one of your headlines or episode explaining badly storylines? Local newscaster under investigation for DUI after crashing car and blaming Santa Claus. Oh, (laughs) the touch of the real. (laughs) That's exactly how it would happen. (laughs) In Florida. <laughs> Florida man yeah. under investigation. Yeah. You put Florida man in there and goes, oh, of course. Yeah. All right. Of course, yeah. All right. uh, Tom, what is one of your episode explained badly or headlines? Fibber McGee and Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> A new powerhouse combination. <laughs> I would want to read that article. I can't lie. Like, if I saw the headline, I want to read the article. What is this? <laughs> All right. So my says, okay, but boss spends entire day catering to his staff's dissatisfaction with their Christmas gifts. <laughs> That's the episode. <laughs> how much money did he spend? Like, how much money did he lose on his day that he wasted trying to cater to their, their emotional needs? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But again, when a hat is the same thing as a car to you, like, <laughs> like how much yeah. is it really worth? <laughs> All right. Did anyone have any any other ones? I got one more. All right. Mystery menace dubbed Miata murderer causing motorway mayhem. Mm, alliteration. Very alliterative. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> ah. <laughs> that one actually might be the winner just on alliteration. I can't believe I didn't screw that up. <laughs> <laughs> what was that again? <laughs> Better than average. I'm not familiar job. with the expression. <laughs> Ah, oh, that's one that we should have put into like usable. It's like I'm not familiar with that expression. I'm not familiar. That was a great job. I love how he never gets to what he was trying to say yeah. either. <laughs> you know what I mean. Sure. I do have. I do have one more. Okay, Tom. All right. Psycho Santa, Keskase. Ho 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 ho. <laughs> You gotta sing it next time, Tom. I'm trying yeah. to avoid copyright infringement. If, if you want, I'll do it. Psycho Santa, Keska say, ho 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 better. Run 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 away. What Matthew Brock? <laughs> Throwing some no, notes yeah. by Matthew Brock. Yeah. I'm kidding. <laughs> no 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> all right any other comments on this episode anything else we want to get out there before this holiday party wraps up 
Just just above average hat, sir. One more time. <laughs> Everybody enjoy your holiday. Merry WNY Xmas. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Happy holidays from the Hoodoo Factory. All right, so we're going to get back into our next unit with the next episode. So the next episode on the Hoodoo Factory conveyor belt will be shrink for our hooked unit. Until next time, please stop by the gift shop on your way out, rabbitgear.com. Thank you for visiting the Hoodoo Factory, supplier of the only known antidote for abs of fear. Good night, Christmas pumpkin. We thought you'd like it. Above average pantyhose, sir. (laughs) Thank you for visiting the Hoodoo Factory, the source for all your hoodoo needs. You can follow us on Twitter at hoodoo underscore factory. The Hoodoo Factory is part of the Stolen Dress Podcast Network. Please stop by the gift shop on your way out. And remember, the Hoodoo Factory is the supplier of the only known antidote for abs of fever. <laughs>